Welcome to Entrepreneurial Reality with Bash. Every week we'll be speaking to startup and scale-up founders to learn about them, their ambitions for the business, goals and objectives. Every conversation is a moment in time, documenting entrepreneurs' current situation with a view to coming back next year to see how they are getting on. Each journey will be different. Each innovation could be game-changing. I hope you enjoy. So, episode four of series one. If you think about what Amazon did for the sale of books, the Square Tech Group is doing for skilled workers. So, I have Matt Rantel here with me, the CEO and founder. Uh, please introduce yourself, Matt. Hello, I'm Matt, CEO and founder of the Square Tech Group. I set up the Square um, back in 2016, um, and we've been going, we launched officially in March 2017. The Square itself is a automated, it's a network and automated hiring marketplace for specialist skilled industries. So we're currently focusing on construction, but we're going to be looking at other areas like healthcare and education and security in the future, but focus on construction at the moment. Um, so how, how it all came about. So my background's in advertising and marketing and spent sort of 10 years at big agencies working with big global brands, doing that stuff for, for many years. And then in 2010, um, I set up another tech business, which was not dissimilar to Groupon. Mm -hmm. um, so I was looking at trends that are happening over in the US. What tends to happen is their first movers and then subsequently over in Europe, they copy that and then end up getting acquired. So the strategy, that's the kind of strategy we're looking to play with as well at the moment. Um, so that group buying business I worked on for about a year with some other founders. We did that and that was, that was cool. Uh, lots of learning experiences there, um, but we ran out of money. Um, I personally ran out of money as well. Um, but during that time, an old colleague of mine that um, I worked with at a previous agency, he set up a, a creative agency. He's on his own, um, and I said, I'll go and help out. Uh, so towards the end of that 2010, we, we won our first bit of business, won a subsequent bit of business. So I ended up going back into the creative agency world for the next five years, and we built that business up from yeah, the two of us or Robin in his, in his bedroom to just over 40 people in London and New York. Okay. Um, so it's a successful like, creative agency, working with the likes of Google, Get Taxi, Mizuno mm -hmm. brand. So it's a, it's a good business. Um, but me personally, I, I found that, um, well, one of the challenges that we faced as a business was hiring. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we spending spending every month quite a lot on recruitment fees. Um, just because of the nature of the work we were doing, we'd always need need people um, on, a, on a consultancy level but they ended up staying for a long period of time so we're spending thousands of pounds every month on these kind of recruitment fees and that for us was a pain point so um, and I always thought there must be a better way for employers to go and connect and hire um, individuals without having to go to recruitment agencies to pay expensive fees mm. so that was a pain point uh, and at the same time I was personally looking at um, the, the business that we're in it's great business did really well, great work, um, great team, but it wasn't scalable to the same effect as a, a digital business. Right. So I was looking at about different businesses that I wanted to try and get into. Uh, looked over in the US and I saw a company called Shift Gig, which was trying to automate the recruitment process and money going in from Silicon Valley into that particular business. Mm -hmm. And I, that I thought, wow, there's, there's, there must be interest there. It must because if Silicon Valley are investing it, it's going to be something. Subsequently, job and talent, jobs today over in Europe, but all those businesses, they're all doing very generic, 
uh, low skilled work. And what I see happening is that there will be those platforms, but for very specialist skilled industries, because at the moment you won't go and get a ward nurse hiring somebody off job talent. You won't go and get a crane operating business hiring a crane operator from one of those platforms, mm -hmm. but they still need it. And there's still a, there's still a marketplace for it. And that's where the idea was born really of the square, mm -hmm. creating a network and specialist um, automated hiring marketplace for specialist skilled industries. And that's how we, that's how we got to it. So I exited, uh, left my business back in 2015, set it up and, uh, and, and here we are two down, two years down the line. Fantastic. So the concept, the idea, what made you take the step from the successful media mm. business to a marketing agency to to the square so yeah well i think it was there's personal aspirations i think that's probably what drove it there i wanted i've always wanted to own my business and i was a minority shareholder within that business mm -hmm. um so i had that plus i like the idea of building products Mm -hmm. uh, and the idea of build, building something at scale, I think that'd be, that for me is really exciting. And over the past 15 years of my, my, my career marketing advertising, I've always gone out and preached that to these businesses. This is how you could go out and create a brand. This is how you go and position a brand. This is how you go out and sell a brand and like market and price positioning. So we've done all that and, and helped brands do that. I wanted to do that for myself. So that was a, that was one of the key things I wanted. Great. So, do you have any sort of technical background in building the technology platform? How did you go about creating first the the market viable product, and uh, then have you gone out to receive funding to help expand uh, the platform and take it to market aggressively? Yeah. So, no, I don't have tech tech experience. Um, I mean, we've managed product uh, projects before mm -hmm. uh, with technical teams and different teams, and that's where I guess running businesses is what I've got experience in, in previously. Um, but we went out, so back in 2015, I raised a little bit of money. And I, actually at the time we did it through, I did part cash, part services. So it was a tech team based remotely in Buenos Aires and they helped build some, um, build out the initial platform. And that, we did that throughout 2016. I raised again to um, 250,000 end of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so we did that with some very experienced investors in, which was, I think, really important for us. We wanted to get a tech investor, someone who's built and scaled a very large tech business. Mm -hmm. and I wanted to get a customer. So I've got a biggest brickwork contractor in the UK. And I wanted to get a competitor, someone who's, we're cannibalizing, so a recruitment firm. So that's a strategic set of investors. So we built that throughout 2016. And then, yeah, we then we brought the tech in-house in end of 2016, early 2017. And then we launched in March, March 2017. And, that, and fantastic. It's quite interesting to hear that you are specifically going out sourcing strategic investment to help grow and scale your business. So yeah. you're bringing in not only the money, you're bringing in the intelligence, the knowledge, the industry expertise yeah. to really help add value to, to what you're doing. So that was fantastic. And, and in the early days, don't forget, I mean, that was an idea on a page at the, at the time. Mm -hmm. So to try and go and invest in, I want to, it helps qualify the idea. So I've got a tech guy who qualifies the, the scale of the opportunity, how big it can really be. Mm -hmm. I've got someone who understands the pain point that we're addressing. And I've also got somebody who goes, if this is going to cannibalize my business, I want in as well. So that it qualifies it in three different ways, which I thought. Yeah, well, it's reassuring for me, but also good for for the business as well. Great. And uh, in 2017, it was quite eventful for you. You received an award, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. So we you know, after our launch in in the March. Um, so yeah, we were working, and obviously, what what the the square does, we we help companies save money. We're trying to put efficiencies in place so employers can go and hire relevant skilled construction professionals 
much easier, quicker and cheaper. Um, so after the first six months we were operating, we ended up saving them about two and a half million pounds um, today right. on average compared to recruitment, ad- recruitment agencies or advertising in local magazines or papers. So for that, we applied for different um, uh, different awards and one was uh, we won, which was the building awards, the biggest construction and built environment awards in the UK. We won Digital Efficiency Initiative of the Year 2017. So yeah, dead chuffed about that. And it's, it's a, a nice little accolade. I mean, whether or not we saw any commercial impact on that, but I think it's just something to give a nod to to what we're doing in this, and, and the team as well. Yeah, validation is, is key. And, and it's really it's, good. that recogni- recognition in the industry yeah. is very valuable in the future, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, so could you tell me a bit more about other aspects of Matt Rantel? I'm interested in lots of, I'm like, I kind of, I think you always try and look at other people that inspire you. And you always read about all these different massive entrepreneurs and people and they they keep themselves, but they're always learning, always hungry. And um, some of my family are very successful entrepreneurs independently. And they're always learning, always trying to improve. And I I guess I've tried to do that as well in my own way. But um, yeah, I'm interested, yeah, part of the Jack Petchy Foundation, which is um, a charitable trust. We invest in young people in London and Essex, set up by Sir Jack Petchy. And we've invested just over, just almost 120 million pounds over the past 18 years, 18 year anniversary this year. Wow. Um, but what we do, we invest in yeah, young people from yeah, 11 to 24, just try to help inspire young people to be better uh, parts of society. Mm-hmm. So that's been a good experience. I've been there for three years now and sat on the board yeah, and it's I'm incredibly proud to be a part of it. But I guess from a, from, a, from an entrepreneur's perspective, it's good to get that. I like the idea of giving back is mm-hmm. key, and I I've always always thought that you've got to make something first before you give back because everyone's expected. Well, if you do become very successful, then that's a stage, and it's about how you manage your time because obviously time is the most precious asset to any founder mm-hmm. um, over anything. It's about how you spend it. How can you be more productive with your time? So I've that that's the the opportunity cost I, I want to go out and spend a bit of time just doing giving back yeah great so coming back to your project yeah you're here and now yes uh, are you currently looking for funding to, to further expand and grow your business yeah so we're doing a funding um well we're, yeah, interesting because we're, we're, we're at a point now where um we're almost breaking even, which some startups oh, wow. um, rarely get to. So I've stripped back some of the costs that we were spending in terms of the development side of things because we've built a product now. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're looking about, all right, let's go out and get more people on it because we, we're, we're building both sides of that marketplace. So we were in almost in a very good position to go out and say, right, do we, we grow organically or do we really scale? And mm-hmm. I think my ambition is to scale a Massive international business. And I was recently over in Y Combinator over in um, California for the final interview over there. So our ambition is to get over to the US. It's a massive market and other markets as well. Yes, um, as soon as possible. So we are fundraising. Um, so yeah, any investors listening, yeah, gives gives a buzz. Yes, yes, definitely <laughs> do so. And it, could you just give me an understanding of? I suppose it's all up in the air at the moment, but roughly what sort of amount of investment you're looking for? Yeah, so we've we've raised two hundred and eighty-five thousand so far. Um, invested, got a director's layout, put another three hundred thousand in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking for six hundred thousand now. Okay, and that would be for international expansion. It would be for vertical orientation. So you, you said construction industry, healthcare, and and, and yeah. so on. It's not. We're not there yet. 
So we're not ready for international yet. We've got a long way to go within the UK market. The UK market's massive in construction. There's 3 million people in there, 296,000 companies. Mm-hmm. It's a massive market. Yeah. And we're, we're just skimming the surface at the moment. Um, so we, we, we're, we're focused purely on construction, purely on the UK for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that money will take us to a place where we'll then be fundraising through Series A to go and expand internationally and potentially different verticals. But I think the strategy we're looking at now is probably uh, focusing on construction um, in construction in the UK, construction in the US, and then going into looking at different verticals as well. Um, but we have been talking to other partners about um, different verticals. Um, like healthcare, education, mm-hmm. and, and security. So, the, if an opportunity arises, then we we, we can go into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to pivot. You you don't know what's what's going to what opportunities do arise, so we can move quick. Have you spoken to any uh, of the big service suppliers that uh, cover those industries as a potential strategic partnerships as well? Have you considered that? In the yeah, oh, I think again, going back to my point earlier about our time, how we fo- how much time we invest in going into these different areas. And the mm. construction industry is, I mean, we've got so much to do anyway. We've got right. so much to focus on. If we were to distract our time, not that I would ever like turn down an opportunity, um, but sometimes saying no is the right thing to do. Mm. At the moment, we're focused on the construction industry. So we haven't been doing too much exploration. We have had conversations within the healthcare mm. um, arena with some very interesting parties, but we're not progressing with anything just yet. Okay, so the next steps, the next 12 months, for the Square Group, yeah. Where do you see yourselves in the next twelve months? Um, yeah. So, um, with the way things are going, we, we're growing quickly. Um, we want to uh, build our brand, continue building our brand. We want to get to um, just over fifty thousand people on the on the on the platform in the UK, and we want to be looking at other different markets. So. The US is certainly something that we want to try and get into as soon as possible. The whole nature of that, how, how the construction industry works, mm-hmm. um, it's English speaking, so the barriers to entry uh, in that respect um, are, are lower. So I'm keen to get over that as soon as possible. And we're, we're, we're looking at different other opportunities and avenues to get in to the US, but that'd be the appetite. But there's still plenty to do in, in the UK in terms of market share we're working with the department for work and pensions about how we can get more people into the industry mm-hmm. we're working with lots of the different trade bodies um i had a conversation with the home office recently about how we can put more competency level in there so we're having some really interesting um like conversations right now and i sure want to build and actually make materialize some of these conversations mm. yeah there's some movements in the uh, in government across from technology to to healthcare that may help in terms of accessing that market as well so well the appetite's there i think and and, and the need is there Mm -hmm. it's just about how do you overcome the crappy red tape that exists and i mean even some of the conversation we're having they almost advised not to engage formally with these organizations because it will slow down the red tape so do it independently as an industry bot like private enterprise Mm. and then going in and doing it that way because the red tape is far less rather than having government involved i see which is really interesting which and and terribly really sad to hear sadly um because you think about those opportunities but i think we're going in the right direction i think we're going in the right direction yeah in the market generally the speed of change is accelerating the the technology innovation that's coming about like the square group is is really disrupting industries left right and center so yeah it's 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 really interesting and and there's a lot of opportunity in front of people um, with great ideas so uh, what sort of challenges have you faced 
up to now that you can share with the listeners and maybe maybe provide some recommendations in overcoming those yeah sure um in terms of recommendations uh, I, th- I think doing stuff just doing stuff actioning things is the most important thing to, thing to do mm-hmm. people like prat around and like have ideas and the amount of times that i've been told by bricklayers by whoever by really smart people i had that idea seven years ago way before you did and, uh, and that's fine and i'm sure i'm not the first person to come up with this idea it's all about execution going out and doing stuff and actioning things is is probably the most important thing even if it's wrong you're going to learn something mm-hmm. and that's fine um but just go out and do it and everyone and what, what you'll find is and i was frustrated um with myself i guess looking back being an employee for so many years in big agencies it was that i guess i learned masses throughout that time and i did and working in advertising you run kind of little mini mini businesses which is good but they always but there's always a fear and there's and it's a control thing they don't want you to leave because you're smart and you're an asset to their business and they want to keep you um but they always put the fear factor it's like oh running business is hard and all that and yeah, it is but that's fine it doesn't mean you can't do it and there's things that I, I i'm i can't code in terms of i don't know how like from the payroll perspective all these different things mm-hmm. and this is just the running of the business just go out and do it you'll learn there's nothing you cannot learn to do so just go out and do it in terms of the other kind of experiences um yeah don't spend too much too quickly i think i mean there's a i think we're less affected by it probably than our us counterparts but yeah going out and being bootstrap it to a certain certain until you've got proof concept and and do it just cheaply and dirtily as you can just to get an idea and feel for the market which we did initially but we probably could have done it even more so i think and then team team is obviously really really super important about um how you can and trying to find people that are different to the skill set you do because everyone likes hanging out with people they like and that tends to be because they usually you know relatively similar mm-hmm. but sometimes that conflict i was listening to um reed hoffman master scale um and talking about cheryl sandberg and mark she was saying about how how different they are Mark and her and like she has different works to different times of day different country different age differences different stage of life and that's good like she challenges him and vice versa and I think that's good so I spent a, quite a lot of time going and pursuing two of my key team one managing director of a construction charity I had no experience in construction mm-hmm. so she came into in, in that respect and then someone who worked in recruitment I had never worked in recruitment um, and I'm kind of anti-recruiter and that's what we're trying to kill in essence um so i worked to try and find the right people to come in and i think we found them um but again spend some time doing that i'm a sole founder so again that's quite unusual in many cases and in fact it puts off some um vcs but i think if you you can hire the right team and incentivize the right team and i think we've done that great and that's certainly an area that i'm always looking to learn about because mm-hmm. uh, one thing if i have a great idea and i want to execute on that idea straight away i think well I need the skills to complement me and what I have as strengths. And where do I go to source those yeah. those skills? And uh, yes, there are incubators, um, entrepreneurs first, I think, yeah. helps bring bright individuals together who may have not met each other before, may not even would have crossed paths yeah. and then create multi-billion dollar companies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's really interesting. 
Well, you recovered off a lot of ground in, in, in a short I, space I, of time. I, I talk quite quick. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's dig into the business a bit more. Uh, how how is your business model structured? So how are you generating the revenue? What what how are you sort of charging your clients? Who are they? So if I start about how current people are currently hiring, um, and that's that's what we're trying to challenge. So um, particularly in construction, but this is kind of a universal way of people hiring. Firstly, they'll do it organically. So they'll go out and let's say it's a bricklaying contractor. Come on, lads, you got any bricklaying mates that are available for a job down the road? Um, and that's where you start. That kind of endorsement is what we all try to hire, hire by. So that will always happen. But it's important to understand that behavior, that kind of endorsement. Secondly, they may go out and then do some paid advertising. And that may be through um, through back of newspapers. So we look at the back of Metro and Evening Standard every day and see these people are paying anywhere up to 300 pounds for an ad for 24 hours. They've got no idea if anybody is gonna pick up the telephone. They've got no idea what, what the qualifications or identity, identity of these people are. So it's quite expensive and there's no real guarantee. And then finally, the third way in which people are hiring is through recruitment agencies. Recruitment agencies are notoriously um, expensive. So you can mm -hmm. get seeing percentages all the way up to 30% for short-term contracts, which is yeah very expensive. So what, what the square is, we, we I thought, when I was as, a, as, a, as an employer, if we can build a bit of technology that can help match a relevant candidate to a relevant job based on skills, experience, qualifications, location, um, if we can build that technology and then we can sell that to an employer at cost plus a margin, um, it, and that's what we've done. And we've, we've, we've done that and it's at a fraction of the cost. So the average cost for hiring last year in the mm. construction industry was £6,000. So that's 10% of a 60 grand salary, white collar salary. Um, for a contractor, about £1,800. So to hire on the square, we charge a £49 or £499 subscription per month for an employer. So for £49, you can connect with up to 10 candidates. So that's right. £5 higher. Wow. That's no success fees. Um, so it's phenomenally cheaper than advertising mm. or recruitment fees. Um, plus, we do a lot of verification. So you can go and see the candidates. You can see the qualifications that they have and, and see that they've been verified. Um, so, uh, And a lot of these guys, particularly in construction in the blue-collar side, they don't really have CVs. They don't have profiles. There's been no transparency around it. We're giving them that profile. So not dissimilar to LinkedIn, mm -hmm. but for the construction industry and very relevant to the construction industry. Exception has been fantastic from the industry. So we're dealing with almost a thousand different employers now. Yeah, so um, how, how, how do you cover the relationships and engagement by somebody on the phone establishing that there's an open opportunity and uh, then trying to source the relevant skills and putting them in front of that client for an interview? across a thousand you're scaling exactly it's a scale it's the scale and, and that's the challenge that we have is that how do you build that marketplace it's a chicken and egg right mm. so where do you start do you get how do you get and when we first launched is where do we get where all the jobs mm -hmm. where the good, good jobs so we went out and we spoke to different um we did strategic partnerships with industry trade bodies and so right who are your companies give us your jobs just give us your jobs for free go on there and um and we build up some liquidity and inventory for jobs. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, we went out and cleverly acquired uh, or got people, um, relevant people to try and target to. And then we slowly built up the marketplace. So the past year, we've pretty much given it away for free to build up that. And now we're starting to 
to generate the revenues, right. which is which is good. So I, I see there's two clients. So there's the the corporations that are looking to source the skills, but then there's also the individuals that are looking to yeah. um, publicize their, their availability to be recruited. Yeah. So how are you sourcing those individuals to be part of that marketplace? Cleverly. Um, so we do, again, hopefully this is where some of my marketing background and skills have, have come in and um, bearing in mind we're kind of doing it on a shoestring at the moment, we're not doing any paid. So we're growing kind of organically. We have done paid stuff in the past mm -hmm. um, and we've done, it's not, there's no silver bullet, right? Right. And and this is what a lot of founders are looking for. And um, lots of VCs, they say, right, what's your cost per acquisition of a worker? Um, where do you get them from? And that's what they want to know really mm -hmm. um so for us we've done all sorts of done paid advertising seo sem we've done partnerships we've done member get member initiatives we've done awards pr to try and get out there so the marketing mix is, is full um and we're still trying to work out what that silver bullet is but i think that we'll never we'll never find social media has been good because we know the nature of the people who are on social media um, on their phones, they're kind of digital, mm -hmm. so that and they're going to be more responsive and uh, likely to be able to download an app to go and source a job. Um, so we, yeah, there's no silver bullet just yet. No, of course, and for it. in in terms of the platform, then it's available via the web, but also is there an app? Yeah, you can do it. In it. We're we're absolutely um, device agnostic, so you can get it on desktop, laptop, mobile, um, yeah, and, and even on your smartwatch. So the whole point of our conversation is to establish the here and now, where you are today, and then a view for the next 12 months. You very kindly shared that with us. Hopefully you'll come back. Can't yeah. wait to do that. Yeah, that'd be great. There's a lot of work involved. Yeah, between now and then. Yes. <laughs> uh, so with regards to you as an individual, uh, you mentioned a, a podcast uh, that you listen to. Um, is there a particular book that you're reading at the moment or a favorite one that you'd recommend the listeners? Yeah. I'm going to put my hands up. I'm quite guilty that, um, yes, I have, but I'm really crap at remembering um, names of the books, so I'll have to get back to on those. But things like but, but podcasts, I mean, as an example, um, Reid Hoffman's Masters of Scale, I think as I'm trying to build a scale business, mm -hmm. um, listening to all the different types of people that he speaks to, um, be that Mark or Sheryl Sandberg or um, all the other businesses he interviews, there's little nuggets in there and it, that are just so valuable and you can you do apply them instantly so i sit on the train i was on my commute on the way home and i just plug into that and and, and listen to that it's as good as as a book and sometimes they're just little short sound bites and it's so simple most of the stuff is just keeping things simple and again that that again going back to my other bit of advice and recommendation is like keeping things simple it doesn't have to be complicated so yeah i definitely recommend yeah reed hoffman's masters of scale for sure Thank you. Yeah, I, I second that definitely. It's an excellent listen. Uh, and in terms of entrepreneurs or business owners that you admire and follow, uh, you mentioned Reid Hoffman from LinkedIn. Is there anybody else? Yeah, and I've, I've been asked this question before actually, and um, he's a bit of a classic, but because he's a marketer, he really attracts me to it, and it's um, Rich Branson. Um, he has built a brand, um, and he's done it in a very very effective way, but he's gone into all different industries. He, what, what did he know about flying planes across the Atlantic, um, train lines, um, recording music? So he's gone into loads of different things and he's building a brand and that's, all, that's what we are trying to do. We are building the Square brand 
and how we can do that. I think there's so many things that you can learn from someone like him whilst having a bit of fun at it as well at the same time. There's lots of hard work and everyone sees that exterior, mm. but there's a very smart man behind it and he obviously gets things done incredibly efficiently and effectively. So um, I'd certainly, yeah, him being one. There's other people as well out there who do, um, you look at some of the other tech businesses um, for sure, but also you can look at more conventional businesses yeah, my grandfather's a big inspiration for me. Uh, he sets up the Jack Patchy Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also like people like Warren Buffett who sit there and he's been doing it for years and he's, in, he's an incredible businessman. And then about how they act beyond business side of things in terms of in their personal lives. And you can see different traits, keeping fit. Again, we haven't really talked about that, but again, that's something that I'm certainly passionate about. So keeping yourself learning on a daily, daily basis, yeah. but also how else you can... Um, keep yourself mind alive so let's dig into that a little bit more about keeping fit because uh, I, I, I truly believe that people who who are successful as an entrepreneur are very competitive they always want to win they may not necessarily be a sportsman or woman but that they have that trait of competition and winning and so I do ask this to every founder and so what, what is your favorite sport yeah so I've always loved rugby rugby has been my my sport as a, as a kid and um yeah, we, we pretty, it was relatively good at it. So we toured New Zealand and Fiji once and I played hockey. So all round sports have been, I enjoyed, I've always loved sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I left university, I played for the team Brunel. Um, I kind of lost out. I've kind of, as, as you end up mid twenties in London, enjoying going out, partying, um, <laughs> uh, and particularly working in advertising, you finding the time to train quite difficult mm-hmm. so I ended up stopping rugby about 26 um, but then running I've been been running lots so we've done I've done a couple of marathons uh, I've got kind of marathons are hard uh, and it takes a lot of dedication that not only for the race but it's the training particularly in the UK mm-hmm. throughout the winter period is incredibly hard but and I guess you do have to be focused for that um, but after doing a couple of them we thought that's too hard so we've gone into do ski marathons so a couple of us go out um, and we've been to Norway and Switzerland and done a couple of ski marathons, which is good. And more, most recently this year, we attempted what is known to be the the, the, the toughest uh, team um, ski mountaineering race in the world, the Petrie de Glacier in, in Switzerland, uh-huh. um, which was incredibly hard. Um, and in fact, so hard that we didn't make it around the, the, the full course, um, which is a shame. So it, it basically means you're going over 110 kilometers worth of uh, terrain, Swiss terrain, um, run by the Swiss military um, throughout the night um, in, yeah, as you're roped together over glaciers and stuff. So it's incredibly tough, great Mm. challenge. And that's what we're excited about it. But technically we just weren't there as a team. There's the three of us that went across. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, we got pulled off. We didn't hit um, checkpoint in time, unfortunately. Uh, But it means we'll we'll be going back in two years time um, to to re-attempt it. But so sport's been, it's been a massive part of my life and it still is on a daily basis and be that running, tennis, skiing, watching. I go, I'm a, a season ticket holder at West Ham, which I've been part of. So we go over to there. So yeah, it's been a big part of it as well as family. And again, I'm, a, I'm married. I've got three young kids, and a dog. Um, so that's, again, been a, a challenge in that respect. Um, obviously, the, the commitment you have to make to founding and starting a startup mm. over the past few years, I guess that's what I'm probably most thankful to my wife for allowing me to do it and giving me the encouragement that I needed. Um, but also the, the the cost of it, I don't see my kids during the week, really, because I'm in I leave early, finish late, 
and then I get seen that weekend. So that's tough, but hopefully it won't be for be worthwhile. It will be worthwhile, I hope. Absolutely, absolutely. So you talked about sport, but it's also adventure as well. It's it's the uh, going and doing something that's unknown to you, uh, yeah. be, testing your limits. A bit like a Sir Richard Branson and and the number of activities he does, and and I, I can see how that would complement the promotion of your your business, you as a brand uh, over time, as, as long as you can get that word out that this is what you're doing, this is my brand, and and almost replicate what Sir Richard Branson yeah. has been doing over decades. So then yeah. I think there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah, and, I, and whether or not that's like, I don't see that as necessarily, it's whether it's co- coincidence. It's not like I've, I see him doing these adventures thinking, sure. I've got to get in that kind of mindset. I think I've, I've always been like it in terms of being competitive in sport, um, plus, I think like uh, keeping fit physically and mentally is so super important. And I think um, sport and exercise is incredible way that it breaks down barriers. We do it at the Jeff Petrie Foundation about sport because not everyone's good academically. Mm. So it's about how can you else like keep yourself mentally and strength fit, um, and then giving yourself a challenge also motivates you because it's easy to turn the the clock off. I get up six o'clock and go for a run. It's so easy to turn that. That, that timer off and push snooze mm. but if you've got a marathon coming up and you go right i'm doing this marathon i've committed i put my mind money down i'm doing it with a mate i can't let him down you've committed yourself and that is really important so i try and do one or two different like challenges a year and that's that's really important to me um to, to maintain that and it is and it's you have to take time out and you have to there is compromise for that you see a compromise of a couple of hours of sleep or feeling fatigued but um it, you'll feel fantastic much better for it so yeah, it, it's it instills discipline. It instills um, the willingness to to keep striving ahead when you you come across adversity, and I suppose that translates into business and entrepreneurship yeah. as well. So yeah, I, I really do see see the value in, in yeah. That. And I think it's that, those challenges that you do overcome because whether it is running a marathon or learning a to climb a mountaineering or learning new skills, it's that that constant learning and that and that challenge and that. Yeah finding the solutions for it because in many cases i think on a daily basis we're trying to find solutions for problems or challenges or, or opportunities and that's what yeah we apply that in our in our personal lives every day as well mm, great great and so i'll ask this question every year and yeah. hopefully the answer will be slightly different because over the the 12 months is the journey of learning and continual improvement you, you'll have a different view on this so uh, what would you do differently knowing what you know now Good, good question. Um, I think I always ask, say to myself, I would have done it sooner. Um, and many people do say that, I wish I did it earlier. Mm-hmm. In fact, my father and I, I wish I did it earlier. But um, I think the, you, you get to a stage where when you, when you do decide to become a founder or do you start to do something, um, I think it's all the experiences that you've had up until that point that make you make that decision. Um, so the experiences that I went through working in advertising, working big brands, setting up, a, helping set up a business, um, helping grow that business, there's good and bad experiences in there. And without that, I wouldn't be the person, the founder that I am today. And I'm buying that. I've got so much, so much more to learn, mm. but so much more to learn. And I think you will always be learning. So whether or not I'd actually go back and do it sooner, I'd like to think I would, but I don't think I'd execute as well as I have done we have done um, by doing that. I think that that's one thing. Um, what else would I do differently? I think we would have spent, got to market quicker. 
um, specifically for the square, how we can get to market quicker. We had plans to get six or eight months earlier, but we had a challenge that we, we couldn't do anything about. We had to overcome them. Mm. So that, that pushed out that extension. So I'd love to be able to do that and manage that, that change um, differently. Um, but they're all quite specific things in terms of like what we, based on the experience and, and the situation at that, at, that, at that time. No, there's a few things. I mean, I, I try not to look back and think we regret. It's more about like, this is the situation we are now mm-hmm. and how can we, what's the, be, what the best we can do with what we have now and what the opportunities going forward. Even on the bad experiences, I'm thankful for them in, in, that, in, that, in that respect. Yeah, I saw a funny um, picture that Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. posted on Instagram and it was, uh, it hurts your neck looking backwards. So, all, in other yeah. words, always yeah, I'll, I'll tell go, you about that. go forward. So that's that's great. That's great. So thank you so much for your time. That's great. I enjoyed it. I really appreciate the insight and recommendations that you've given, the ex- your experiences to date, uh, and your focus on a particular problem within the industry and how you're solving it. So thank you. Pleasure. Great. See and you in 12 months. Yes. Thank you. So what do you think? We'll have another interesting story to dive into next week. Looking forward to it already. Some questions to you in the meantime. What is your story? What is your reality right now? And what are you working towards? Let me know. So you can connect with me on Twitter. Just type in Bash in the search and you'll find me. So Bash, B-A-S-H. Easy. On Instagram, it's Bash Reality. So that's Bash underscore reality. And on LinkedIn, Benjamin Ashmore. Make sure you subscribe and until next week, cheers.